Welcome to the Park Road Talk Back Podcast. Today's podcast is a conversation with Russ Dean, co-pastor at Park Road Baptist Church with Amy Jacks Dean. I'm Bruce Holliday, Director of Communications for Park Road, and today Russ and I will take a closer look at the inspiration for and the message of his recent sermon entitled, Think Like Water. Hello, Russ. How are you today? Hey, Bruce. I'm doing well. Enjoying this beautiful weather. It is a spectacular start to the summer, that's for sure. Absolutely. Speaking of summer, we have a summer sermon series uh, at Park Road. Um, could you give us a quick overview of, of the topic and, and how you and Amy came up with uh, this particular topic for the summer sermon series? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this one. Um, and uh, I don't know, you know, in our, in, in our work, I do the long-term planning. And so I'm always responsible for coming up with the long-term themes and ideas. And I really don't know where this came from, but somehow got the idea of thinking about um, a, a series of aphorisms that we that we say, um, the first one that came to mind, people always say time heals all wounds. And Amy, especially through her pastoral care work with people, has learned to say, you know, that's not that's not true. Time doesn't just heal all wounds. It makes things better, um, but it, it doesn't doesn't heal. Um, th- those scars stay with us. And so it was maybe that uh, somewhere I heard that along the way. And I thought, you know, maybe we ought to look at some of the other things that we say that aren't really necessary true. And let's talk about that. And somehow in thinking about that, um, I thought about the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, which is a very odd book. There's no sort of easy, traditional religious stuff, you know, trust God and everything will be fine. Go to church and everything will be just fine. You know, uh, Ecclesiastes uh, is a pretty jaded kind of look at life, a pretty cynical look. I've I've summarized it as saying, you know, life stinks and then you die. You might as well make the best of it. Um, and uh, that, that's kind of the there's a very uh, cynical, but also realistic perspective from the book of Ecclesiastes. And so I thought, well, this is unconventional wisdom in Ecclesiastes. So why don't we try to look at some text from Ecclesiastes and pair the unconventional wisdom of Ecclesiastes with the more conventional wisdoms of these aphorisms in our culture and see how Ecclesiastes might speak unconventional wisdom to um, what what might not be true about the conventional wisdoms that we are so familiar with. Right. And so this week, the, the, uh, the title of the sermon was Think Like Water, which I believe uh, was inspired during the week. You were on a mission trip with uh, Park Road Youth Group, and and it sounds like that sermon kind of was born out of, of some of at least some of that experience. Yeah, um, it, it certainly gave me a chance to think about it while we were there. We we spent uh, 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 four days and two complete days of work, and we had sixteen people on a roof of a Hispanic church outside of Noonan, Georgia, putting a, a roof on, and um, so that gave me a chance to. Th- to, to think I was saying to some of the kids one day, when you put shingles down, you have to think like water. You know, every every successive course has to stand on top of the one below it. You got to make sure that, you know, everything below it is covered with the next course. And so as I was thinking about the aphorism for this week, 
which was pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That was the aphorism for this week. And and thinking, you know, that that may not really be true, um, you know, like shingles that have to stand on the one below it. Each of us stands on the experience or the wisdom or something that we inherited from parents or family. You know, so none of us stands on our own completely, just like no shingle can stand on its own. And so, you know, that just gave me a chance to talk with our congregation a little bit and kind of brag on our kids and the hard work they did. Um, And this was kind of a mantra that we developed in the two days of working on the roof. Think like water. Um, And so I, I turned that into the sermon sermon title. There are no self-made people, I believe you said. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I said, Bruce, a couple of weeks ago in the introduction to this series, you know, there is there is certainly truth in all of these aphorisms that we're looking at. You know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. There's there, there's a, a challenge there that's worthy you know, to talk to people about being responsible for yourself and uh, taking responsibility and working hard and doing the best you can. And there are, you know, there are examples of people who have um, who have achieved things that were beyond what might have seemed possible. And it might look like this person, you know, did this completely on their own. Um, and, and so there certainly is some truth to that. But we said with all of these aphorisms, we want to try to think about this in a, in a different way. We're just going to try to let Scripture talk with us uh, uh, about um, an unconventional kind of truth. So I'm not taking away, in this sermon, I wasn't trying to take away um the incentive for people to work hard um, and and not trying to take away the credit that, that some people do deserve for working hard and, and, uh, and achieving great things. Um, It's just a reminder that I think if we look um, and and we're really honest, none of us, nobody stands completely on their own. And I gave in the sermon an example, you know, whether it's, something you learned in school and education that you got, whether it's the parents you were born to, you know, the place where you were born, some kind of opportunity that somebody gave you along the way, um, or maybe a tool or a technology that you used in order to build your own business. Um, You know, you couldn't have done it just starting out of nothing. I mean, literally out of nothing. We all are building on... um, experiences, opportunities, um, the materials that come to us in some way. And so just an encouragement for us to be reminded um, of a little humility. Um, There was sort of two points, you know, number one, um, when when somebody, if somebody says, congrats, you've done a great job, you know, tell them thank you. Um, Tell them thank you. And then be aware of, um, of, what you are building on, whose shoulders you are standing on, how you got where you got, um, and then be grateful for that and, you know, pay that forward. So uh, be aware was kind of one point and be grateful. And, and in that gratitude, you know, pay that forward was, was kind of a second sub point there. There, there was, uh, there's a hint of irony to this whole, that aphorism about pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And you, you talked about the fact that that was not, did not have the same meaning originally that that we've adopted for it today that it was more of a of a of an admission that 
you are trying to do something that was physically impossible. You, you can't pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. But now we've adopted that and, and kind of made that a mantra for people who are how you succeed. And it's, it seemed ironic to me that the mantra is physically impossible. Yeah. And you talked about that a little bit. Yeah, and I, th- I think that is um, – um, I, I found an article about this, uh, um, about um, – the subtitle of the article was the story of America's most pliable, pernicious, irrepressible myth. Um, and in that article, in that article, the, uh, the the writer goes back to the origins of this thing. It was used to describe a quixotic attempt to achieve the impossible. Um, and now we've we've used that. We've turned that um, to uphold that as you know being able to succeed uh, on your own. So we really have have uh, turned it on its head. Um, and, and again, Bruce, nothing wrong with encouraging people to take responsibility and to use the, use the strengths that they have and to go out there and do the best they can. Um, but, but the bottom line is not, none of us stands alone. I quoted uh, 17th century um, uh, cleric uh, John Donne, who says no man is an island? We we all depend on one another, and you know it might be it might be some um, lucky opportunity that you had. It might just be good fortune that you made the the, the best of. Um, but you had an opportunity there, maybe that somebody else didn't have, and so. Um, I want I want to be careful about that. That I'm not saying people ought not work hard, um, but it's just kind of a kind of a call to humility to recognize that truly, truly, none of us stands alone. We need to work together. We need each other. Um, we, we need to learn um, to to depend on one another, um, and that will make us all stronger. You know. Um, well, I think part of your message is also backed up by statistics and the. Uh, the study that showed that Charlotte, ironically, out of the 50 major metropolitan areas, uh, was the most difficult place to move from a um, starting your life in, in a condition of poverty uh, to move up. And, and it's almost, you talked about uh, the most fortuitous thing you can do in your life is to be born into, born to good parents or into a good situation. If that's the case, how, how can we in good conscience, say to them, you know, work hard, do the right things, and you'll succeed. I think th- there's no there's no other choice. We we all need to work hard, um, and mm-hmm. I, I think the wisdom that we were looking at from the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, and Amy was the one that said in her sermon last week, hard work doesn't always pay off. The, the aphorism she was looking at last week, hard work pays off. That's really not always the case. There are plenty of people who work hard, who never get ahead, you know, and there are other people who honestly don't work nearly as hard and they had good fortune or a head start or whatever. Um, and so, you know, the, the aphorism hard work pays off. It really doesn't always pay off. So she said hard work doesn't always pay off. Work hard anyway. You know, what what choice do we have? What option do we have? We all ought to use the gifts that we have. And, and in a way, hard work is itself its own payoff, whether you become rich and famous, um, whether, whether you make it big or not. In, in that sense, 
it, it may not pay off. But but I believe that using our gifts and skills, there is some inherent joy in being able to um, be actively involved and, and work hard at whatever we are called to do. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if the the problem there is that we think when we say hard work will pay off. When we talk about payoff in, in this this culture, especially, I think we're talking about material acquisition and yeah, and, and financial standing. And, and do we need to redefine what payoff means and work? Yeah, I, I mentioned in this sermon that I had done a quick Google search of you know self-made people, um, and instantly you know you 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 get the list of the ten richest people in the country, you know that kind of thing. And I said, you know, we we essentially have come to define you know pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and you'll be successful. We have we really have come to define success as wealth. Um, and that was that was borne out for me by that quick Google search. I didn't ask who are the richest people in the country. I asked, you know, what does it mean to be self-made? And, and, and instantly you get these stories of, you know, fame and fortune. And so we, we we're not valuing self-achievement, self-actualization. What we say is important is becoming wealthy and, you know, uh, living, living the good life. Um, and and that brings me to another Another problem, I think, with this pull yourself up by your bootstraps myth is that um, not only is it impossible, but I think we've also used that to point the finger at people who aren't successful, people who are poor. And we say, well, all you got to do is pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, if you're poor, well, you're obviously lazy or no good. It's your own fault because, you know, everybody has an opportunity. And I just think life is a lot more complicated than that. And people who succeed haven't just worked hard. Now, many of them, many of them have worked hard. Um, But, you know, it isn't just about working hard. You you have to be at the right place and the right time. And, you know, you can't tell me that Jeff Bezos is the world's richest person because uh, he is head and shoulders above anybody else in terms of how hard he has worked. He, he, he was at the right place at the right time. And you just have to say there's some luck in that. And, um, you, you know, you think about great, great athletes, they aren't. The best athletes in the world aren't great because they, you know, they went out in the yard and they practiced eight hours a day. You know, there's some <laughs> natural born skill to being able to jump and shoot a basketball or throw a baseball. Not doesn't matter how long you practice. And I can guarantee you this, Bruce, because I have two sons who played baseball and one that wanted to be an, a major league baseball pitcher. And Jackson could practice as long as he wanted to. He is never going to throw the ball 95 miles an hour. And so, you know, I. I I'm not taking away from anyone who works hard. I want to encourage everyone to work hard. But the honest truth, if we want to be honest about it, is that in this country, we love wealthy people and success. And we love, you know, the the rich and the famous and and the stars. But a lot of that just comes down to either you were born with it or you had some opportunity that somebody else didn't have. You know, um, the great singers in the world who've made it in the entertainment business, they didn't just practice in a study in, in, a, in, a, in a rehearsal room in, in the college they went to for hours and hours and hours. They could just sing like nobody else could. And that was something they were born with. So, um, 
you know, we, we uphold this, this bootstrapping myth, like all you got to do is work hard and you can be anything, you can achieve anything. And it's, it's really not just that easy. And I think there is a realism to the book of Ecclesiastes that says, you know, uh, fate and chance, time and chance happen to them all. That was part of the text that I read Sunday. Time and chance happen to us all. And uh, I think we ought to acknowledge that um, it's not just trying to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but a lot of other things have to fall in place for people to be successful. And maybe if we could acknowledge that well, maybe it's not just about me that I have had a good life. Maybe a little bit of humility there would make me want to turn and help some other folks who haven't had the head start or the great advantages or just the good luck that, you know, that fell, fell my way. And to, and to go back to something we were talking about a moment ago, but if, if we could redefine what success means, if we could move it away from materialism and, and financial gain, what sort of things would you put into the category of success, a successful life? I think rather than prioritizing money, prioritizing wealth, we would prioritize happiness. Um, I, I read somewhere not long ago that Bhutan, the country of Bhutan, has a gross happiness index. And every year they measure, and I don't know how they do this, but they measure the happiness of their people. And this is important to them that the people of Bhutan are happy. We measure gross domestic product, you know, and, and, and we measure the things that people make. And did you make enough that you became rich and famous, you know, um, this other country is measuring whether their people are happy, whether they are fulfilled in what they do. Um, and, Man, that that would that would change a culture if we if we focused on encouraging people to be happy, to be fulfilled in what they do, um, to give back. I, I mean, I mean, I think teachers are I, I, maybe the most important uh, workers among us. And some of the least appreciated and certainly some of the lowest paid. And who's more important than a teacher? Um, and, and, you know, in terms of individual success and in terms of success of the nation, nobody is more important than teachers. Why, why don't we pay teachers like we pay athletes and entertainers? And, you know, we, we have prioritized um, money over a lot of other things. And, um, you know, learning to learning to affirm um you know, personal fulfillment and and doing what you are called to do and finding a way to value that um, and those who give back and serve one another, you know, that, that would be a great way to um, value people's importance rather than just how much money they have in their bank account. Although I, I'm sure there are people who will take exception to your opinion that the uh a teacher is more important than a middle linebacker for the Carolina of Panthers, course. but we'll just, we just won't go <laughs> we'll there. <just> leave there. <laughs> yeah. uh, seriously, how can the church be part of kind of redefining the perspective of success? What, what can the church do to help us understand the benefits of hard work and what hard work can provide for us other than just 
uh, as, as I said before, acquisition and wealth. Yeah, and I, you know, the, the scripture begins with this creation narrative that says God created the human beings in God's image. Um, and if we really, if we really could emphasize, Bruce, that all people are created in the image of God, all people are equally worthy. Um, uh, and, and we've just, we don't, we won't, don't have time to get into this, but we've built this culture on, well, if you can get it, you can have it. And then it doesn't matter how much more you have than anybody else has. You know, we, we've built a culture on attainment um, and, a, and achievement rather than a basic affirmation of the goodness of all people. Um, and so strangely, we're willing to have these disparities where Jeff Bezos can make billions of dollars every day whether he goes to work or not. And yet there are plenty of children who don't even have shoes, adequate shoes to put on, you know, to go to school. They don't have food on the weekends. We have to pack snack bags to send home with them. And, and we've just learned to say, well, that's, you know, that's capitalism. That's the American way. We ought to be satisfied with that. And, and, and I think scripture says we ought to, there, there ought to be some tension there for us. You know, there ought to be some tension there God values everyone. We are created in the image of God. Uh, and, and if the church could, could help people learn to affirm the worth of everyone, um, I, I, think that, I think that would change a lot if we truly believed everyone was equally valuable um, in, in, in our culture. Right. We look forward to to uh, talking more about the, the rest of the sermon series as the summer goes along. Yeah, it should be an interesting summer. I appreciate you doing this. And that'll do it for today. We invite you to share this podcast with your friends and family. They can always find it at the Park Road website under the Resources tab. Or you can listen and subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher, or TuneIn. That's it for this week. From all of us at Park Road Baptist Church, Thank you for listening today. Grace and peace to you.